following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. My name is Matt Perez. My name is Satchel Drakes. And this is Overworld, where we try to be curious, fail at being smart, and talk about video games at the intersection of art, society, and other stuff. But first, a quick break. Taking a moment to thank our sponsors, Veridesk, Rocket Mortgage, and ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. You'll hear more about these companies later in the show. Hey, Satchel. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. You? Not too bad. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. I um, I finally... Um, I've been talking with one of my, I talked I, I talked with my third friend about um, like we kind of asked like oh like what are you playing and he said oh a night in the woods it's been a really great time it has this really cool like a uh, hometown kind of uh, garden state you ever seen garden state kind of feel yeah and you should totally check it out so I was like okay this is officially a sign I call this I call this divine intervention I'm going to give it a shot so. I've been kind of playing through that on my Switch um, in my bed. It's been great. Oh, nice. Is that how you usually discover games? Sometimes. Sometimes I will. Um, It's kind of changed over time, but definitely if, like, more than one person uh, mentions it just by happenstance over a short period of time, I'll I'll check something out. I'll budge. Uh, How about yourself? I don't know. It's weird. I like ask myself that question and I really can't necessarily pinpoint like I've had situations where friends recommend a game to me. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where just like I just happen to be playing a certain game. I'm like, oh, yeah, I played that or, oh, yeah, I, I picked that up and, you know, it's in my it's my Steam library. So it's like something I not really Uh-oh. conscious of. <laughs> I hope it gets played then. If it's it's in true. Steam library. It's true. But like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't. I, I, there's no like one thing where like I, I have to look at a pro review or I have to find like a friend recommendation or I watch a let's play and I play. I'm like into something or or something on like Steam catches my curiosity and I buy it. Like I'm like in a record shop or something. I really don't. It's a weird question. I don't know. I, I'm really not sure how I uh, pick and choose. I, I don't know. So if you have it's like, like a, a fluid consistent... relationship with it. Yeah, and. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Like, I, definitely a, a big. It's a weird phenomenon where, if I am looking for something new to play, I do have literally one hundred, like hundreds of games on Steam, and I'm like, okay, how did I even get all these games, and why did I even buy them in the first place? But like, if I really need something, I don't like. I'm not like, oh, I need to uh, get a recommendation or something. It just happens to be like, <laughs> oh, let me like look on Steam and like pick something out and try it, you know. So that's something, I guess, and and I guess maybe that's a reason why I don't have something specifically in mind right now of how I find games because I just happen to yeah. have one hundred of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's great. You know, I they always make it seem that way, though, right? They always make it seem that way, like you're gonna. This is you're like people are gonna have this one stop shop for reviews, but I I think it seldom ends up being that way. Mm. Um, do you find that your relationship with it goes more, is it cyclical in a kind of way where 
for a certain string of months, you're loyal to a particular voice. Um, and then it changes or do you really just feel like it's kind of like this haphazard thing all the time? I think it's haphazard. I know, like, I guess games has kind of like a cyclical cycle. Like, there, it has a cycle of the year of like, oh, in the fall, there's a bunch of big games coming out and you kind of know exactly how they're going to play and everything. And then, you know, throughout the year, like an occasional thing will come out of nowhere and maybe a friend recommends it. I didn't even know it. that. I didn't even know that there was sort of like an exp- – I mean I knew that there was something to like holiday releases, but I hadn't even considered that. That's cool. I think it's getting more – you know, you're seeing games come out in March now. I remember it used to be a thing of like, yeah, like nothing comes out except in the holidays. But now definitely things come out every now and then. But like, yeah, the big onslaught of like huge titles usually comes during the holidays and – yeah, you kind of expect that, but I mean, like, I remember my friend recommending me Undertale, and I was like, oh yeah, it's a game I've heard about, let me, you know, people were talking about it, you recommended it, let me try it out, it's cheap, and like, that's, yeah. it just kind of came out of nowhere, but like, usually it's a matter of like, I always have kind of a game I'm playing regardless, like a League of Legends, or now it's like a Fortnite or something like that, where, you know, it's it's something that uh, I can just play, like a multiplayer game, and like, not think too hard about it and then occasionally like something will come out and i guess it'll just like pique my interest enough or you know sometimes i'm just in the mood for like oh you know what i kind of want to play something like night in the woods and it sometimes is already in my library i'm like ah oh, let me just like just download it and play it real quick and see how i feel about it so yeah i yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird thing i, I i'm not very conscious of it and uh yeah, like things like reviews, I they're not something that I uh, I'm like I can't wait for the review for this. I'm just like, oh yeah, like people talk about. I can't stuff. wait that review, man. IGN's on. Oh no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, reviews. Yeah, no, that's real. There was definitely a period in my life a few years ago when like I had Polygon set as my homepage, and it was like. Oh, like even not not even necessarily reviews, but even if they have like a headline of something that came out, like if they have some screenshots, I'll kind of look at it. I'm a very visual person, so um, if I can like look at the teaser for something, like I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I'm very much like a. I don't know if you had a subscription to the official U.S. PlayStation magazine or whatever, where yeah. every <laughs> issue came with a demo. Yeah, but, like I'm just used to playing every. I would play everything on the demo disc. You know, like I'm just used to playing all of it. Like I don't care. You know, so I. Uh, I had that for a while, and then as I started getting more friends who were really into playing video games, like I would just kind of go off of their recommendation, and then that zeitgeist started to go really fast, you know what I mean? Uh, it's really easy if you can find the gaming community on Twitter to sort of see what everybody's up to, but um, I think over time, what kind of ends up happening, probably with most people, is your... Uh, your taste gets more particular. Where I'm at right now is uh, I will still, because of all the fiscal benefits, I will still uh, entertain a Steam sale and just buy based on, whoa, good deal, looks moderately fine, you know? Um, but also, if I hear something a few times from somebody that I respect, I guess... I'll give it a shot, you know? Yeah. It's one of those th- I, I guess, like, it's not that I don't pay attention to everything that's going on. I think I actually pay attention to everything, and I kind of <laughs> am able to – yeah, like you said, 
I know myself well enough now where like a certain words will come out and I also just like I go no going in what type of experience I'm getting where I'm not like usually surprised anymore and like even something that's like hugely critically acclaimed like say like a Metal Gear Solid 5 or a Breath of Wild I'm like well, it's an open world game, so I could totally expect, like, I know what I'm going into, you know, and I can kind of gauge how, like, how interested I am from that. And, like, you know, I'm not going to be surprised by Call of Duty or something or a shooter, like, that's a big budget shooter. It's like the industry is very, uh, especially at the big budget uh, area, it's a uh, copycat kind of industry where, you know, everyone is adopting each other's. Um, design sensibility uh, you know the the new design they're throwing in and it's also everything is getting so 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 polished that there's like no longer any like sharp corners so it's like you know going in like what type of experience you're getting even something like like god of war is a recent one where i'm like yeah like sony exclusive single player game i know what that type of game is i'm willing to pay the 60 bucks to play it but i know what type of game this is going to be, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. why like something. If if someone does recommend something like Undertale, where I'm like, I've seen this name thrown around, and people are saying it's very surprising. Sure, like I don't know what to expect, and you go in, and it's that's always really nice when you go in and not knowing what you're going to get, and it's surprising, you know. Um, and yeah, and also some some things just like context, you know, like with, with especially to your to your uh, to your point about people. Like I heard about Fortnite, uh, well, through the stream with Drake, of course, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like I watched it for a while because I was I was interested in the game and also seeing what Drake's personality would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in that time, I kind of got this sort of Team Fortressy vibe to it. I mean, I know the mechanics are wildly different, but that was the impression. That was the kind of impression I was getting from it, and. Um, I immediately thought to myself, I do not, I don't think I have time for a Team Fortress-like <laughs> situation, like mm-hmm. arenas or whatever. And it wasn't until, and then it came up a couple more times, we talked about it on the show, and um, it wasn't until uh, my neighbor, uh, and my friend of course, who lives uh, across the street from me, um, you know, he video games aren't at the center of his life, um, but you know, he plays them. He was kind of just talking about it over dinner one night, and... There was something about knowing who he was and also knowing and also being familiar with the title that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can just dive into this. Maybe it's just kind of like you just jump in. Like, I didn't even know it was free to play either at that point. Um, so it became more approachable based on recommendation in that kind of way. I don't know if you've had like a similar experience where like you're just like, okay, this kind of vibe. Like, I know what you would tolerate and what you wouldn't tolerate. So if you're playing it, I know that it's no nonsense. I'll give it a shot. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies the people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. 
Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Support for the Forbes Overworld podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask why. Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. It's weird. Like, I do, when I say, like, there's not one specific reason I try something, I think it is partly, like, when there's multiple things going in its favor of, like, oh, yeah, a friend recommended it. So maybe like it's both it has good reviews and people are talking about it on Twitter and also my friend recommended it and I know that person's sensibilities. Okay, maybe I'll I'll give it a whirl. You know, like that's when it starts amassing yeah. in that way. Um, so I get that. It's funny. Like part uh, another part of that is uh, I don't know. There's not many people I agree with when it comes to games. That sounds weird, but like you know. <laughs> You know how, like, people are, like... That's the most amazing way I've <laughs> yeah, heard right. that beast. <laughs> or, like, you know, where it's, like, oh, you should find um, someone, like, a critic or a reviewer or whatever that has the same sensibilities of you and uh, you read their reviews and get their recommendations. I really... There's not really anyone like that. I, I, I Like, and it's it's funny, like... You are the rarest Pokemon, Matt. No, I'm just Exactly. <laughs> I'm very special. I'm very special, you know? I'd be a hologram. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but like yes with television or film i usually can find a reviewer or like i can find a site where i'm like okay i pretty much agree with them or like even rotten tomatoes where it's like an aggregate i'm like usually i'm with the majority you know with like it, the i two, see what you're saying the yeah, two yeah. things is like i've done that in the inverse way where i'm like if rotten tomatoes does it gives it a low score i will go see it because i just know <laughs> like hmm. there's I know that the, I'm going to like the terrible. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Please go on, though. Side note, if it's 50%, there's, mm, it's, it's probably interesting. Cable Guy, 50%. Love that movie. Because uh, <laughs> it's polarizing. No. Um, but no, like, the two things is games and music. I, I can't find anyone I agree with. It's, like, consistently agree with, you know? Uh, like, with music... I guess like a big site is Pitchfork. I didn't like. Occasionally they'll have a reviewer. I'm like, oh yeah, like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, ten, fine. But then they'll give like pup like a six, and I'm like, how dare you? Like they're it's amazing. <laughs> and then the same thing with like games. I I don't wait. Oh my gosh, I have to. I'm I'm figuring this out right now. I have to know what they gave Jesus. Go on. I'm, I'm oh, I think it was like a nine or something. And Jesus is good. I like that one. <laughs> But no, Ooh, like, that's controversial, man. That's really, is, really controversial. See, I like the polarizing stuff, man. <laughs>
I get it. I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I respect that. But like everyone loved Life of Pablo and I was not on it. Not a okay. Big no, no, no. I'm with you on that. I'm actually really with you on that. Yeah. It was so messy. It was really messy. Ugh. I think it wasn't ready yet or something. It wasn't ready. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus got a 9.5. <laughs> wow. And you, do you, you don't agree with that? No, not at all. I thought it was garbage. But <laughs> like I can respect like it, it's I feel like it's garbage fully understanding that it is a very polarizing record yeah i like you know those I polarizing mean? i like chrono cross is like my oh you like chrono cross and like half the fan yeah, yeah, base yeah. hates it so there you go yes exactly <laughs> but no totally like i don't those are two things but like the way i find music is a lot different than the way i find games i find it easier to find music that i like than games or like maybe because I'm not even sure. Like, I guess with, like, Spotify, you can – or, like, music, it's, like, one hour of your life. It's, like, literally I could I could right. bring up Spotify, find an There's album. There's more on the line, yeah. And I can listen to it while playing a game of League of Legends. By the time League of Legends – the game is over, the, the album's pretty much over, and I, I get, like, a sense of, like, oh, this is how it is. But I also, like, yeah. with Spotify, it does – even though, like, I, I like Spotify, actually. Like, I, I think people have problems with it, probably because they don't pay the musicians, what you know, at all. But, um, <laughs> yeah. they're weekly, like, they're, I've never been good with, like, the recommendation algorithms for, play, like, for websites. But, like, w- they have, like, their weekly discovery or whatever it's called playlist. And it's actually, I usually find, like, one or two new things that I'm, like, super into through that. And uh, I don't know. That's... So I've slowly been getting sucked back in. I'm a very first party, like, if Apple makes a thing for it, I use it kind of person. Mm. Um, more out of convenience than particular lines to the company. It's not like the leadership is anything to write home about right now. But, like, <laughs> the like having everything plugged in and talking to each other has, like, kind of, like, really great long-term benefits. But I'm missing uh, – Spotify playlists like and I forgot about it until my friend started sending me um, like playlists just friendly like oh hey I found this stuff like thought you might like it or whatever Um, and it just started going into the recommended zone or like I would like look at their kind of curated things and I'd be like oh man yeah it's like actually kind of great because it's like it's like 20 new bands that you can like just try out for like two seconds I, I kind of right. can decide, like, uh, like within the five seconds of a song starting, I'm like, oh, I'm not into it. I'm good. I mean, can move on. Uh, I, I think that's what makes games harder because mm-hmm. there's more that you have to assess and, and and in turn more that you have to invest in order to really know how you feel about it. And there's just so many opportunities for failure. Yeah. It's also and, – and it is a, uh, you know, like the beginning of a uh, – what am I trying to say? Like – because it's like a like say like the last of us is like 10 hours long right like it's going to have like a opening segment and like that in itself is going to be so much more different than its middle and ending segment and like usually that opening segment is probably the most difficult not difficult as in like for the creator to make that appealing to you that's going to be like those first 10 minutes are so important in a film and like that's similar to a game like you need to hook me quick you know Whereas like yeah, a, like yeah. an album, the first song can be just as good as the last song, and they can just be as accessible. So, yeah, right, like right. I remember going to like you can like you can just be like every record. Everyone's like, well, these tracks are garbage, but these are bangers. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, and like you don't need to worry about like 
oh, the begin like I don't know, the beginning might be slow until you know you're ten hours in, and then it gets really good. Like a TV show does that. It's like, well, the first five seasons are awful, but maybe the sixth one's really good. You know, right? There's there, there's nothing like that for music, where it's just you could just. There's jump always in. that friend who's like that, who's like, yeah, you know, you just got to get through the first eight episodes, and then oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. It's like, <laughs> okay, Chad, like, <laughs> okay, okay, just back off. No, but like, and it's another thing of like, I remember in high school, I would go to a place called Tunes, and it was great, and it was just like tons and tons of albums for super cheap, and I would usually get like. Like, once or twice a week, I would go there and get, like, two or three uh, from, like, a band I knew. And then it was like, yeah. oh, I've heard of this. I'll grab this for, like, five bucks. And you can listen to all five of those albums in an afternoon. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you can get through it. And then I've, like, discovered so many good things through that. It's tougher, yeah, like, when it comes to games and, like, recommendation algorithms it's a lot different and i don't think there's really anything on the market like that right like steam doesn't do anything like that i don't think no they don't and really it's a bit it's a bit obtuse to try to use algorithms to make recommendations like that i mean i think anything it's just my personal opinion i think anything outside of you know recommending based on a really close tie-in genre or like a real like for example you played street fighter you might like streets of rage or um Sorry, not Streets of Rage, Guilty Gear or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get it right. Um, or or like games. a if you enjoyed Super Mario sixty four, you might enjoy Super Mario Sunshine. Like, yeah. Outside of those, I feel like so what, the direction that Steam went in that I think makes a lot of sense is allowing influencers to make recommendations. Um, and now obviously it falls victim to its use, like the a, a lot of the weapons of war were designed for good but like they're not necessarily used that way or at least a lot of the technologies behind it and in that same way influencers can get paid to like be more favorable towards certain things and they can also um they can also mm, sort of now, I don't. And not, the, the word isn't monopolize, but they can kind of shift the market, right? Like if the front page is all sort of like all kind of feels like it belongs to a particular kind of zeitgeist, then a lot of really interesting games can fall by the wayside. And there's been for years, years of arguments on Reddit, on wherever, on every platform about um, the front page and how it's used and what gets prioritized and things like that, um, which we're not going to get into here. But like I, I feel like – um, the principle of having sort of humans recommend games just makes the most sense right now. Um, I was actually talking with, um, I was talking with uh, one of my friends who works at this, uh, who works at this company called the Music Bed. What the Music Bed does is they license music out to corporations, um, any kind of commercial film projects. Just because you can't always hire a composer for things. And if you're like, for example, I think one of their partners is Coca-Cola. If they're putting together a video, maybe they could hire a composer or maybe there's just something there. And what's always sort of drawn me to that company is they have a really good um, – they have a really good search engine. And the, the search engine is based on emotion. So you'll say, I want something epic that's also relaxing and all these other things you have like maybe three or four different like drop downs that you can like combine the right emotions and 
the results are always like they're like that Disney, like they're always on point. And I remember I was talking with him and I was like, to me, that is like your strength. Like you print money because this search engine, you guys took forever to tweak it and you had so many revisions, but it's so good. And what he said was, well, actually it's people like they hire people with the ear for that, for those combinations of adjectives and they kind of do the work because if you leave it to the artist to like do it, like they'll just throw a whole bunch of tags on it. And that's sort of the situation we're in right now where like there are people who are just like, well, I want more people to listen to it. Like, yeah, it's this genre and this genre and this genre and this genre and it gets all messed up. You know what I mean? But like there is something about I, – I think it says something to like a human touch about uh, recommendations in any regard that's like really important. Yeah. It's also – I mean, it's it's talked about a lot, but, like, the genre designations we have aren't necessarily befit to, like, oh, I'm in the mood for this. It's more like, like yeah, it's not emotion-based like a film genre is, you know? And, like, finding, like, it's, what's the thing? Like, I if I'm in the, like, I can find films that I'm in the mood for. Like, they might be, I've never watched them before, but I know, like, this is the mood I'm in. This is what I kind of want to watch. It doesn't really matter right. the subject matter. It's a matter of just finding something that, like, hits that mood. And that's way more difficult with games, I think. Because it's not, like, I I don't know. Like, you can't really, like, right. know that off I'm in the this, bat. I'm in this 40-hour mood. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> You have to, you have well, to that, that, that doesn't mood. apply to every game, of course. Not every game is a JRPG, but yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's true though. Uh, you you need like a week long mood, you know. If I'm if I'm very moody, uh, Last of Us, that's you know, a, that's a you big go. mood, bro. It's a very depressing game, <laughs> depressing mood for a week. No, but no, like to your point, like I do. Steam curators seems like a great idea to me. That I think it's it's both like it's kind of difficult. In the reasons you explain, it's also like, I don't know, like, do people still use that? It seems like all the top people that were using it haven't, like, updated their page in, like, years. Really? So this I did not know. I mean, I don't listen to them. I listen to my friends. But I knew it existed. That's interesting, though, that it did die. Yeah, I know. Maybe they weren't yeah. getting paid I mean, enough. I think it's still <laughs> on the front page, but it's just, like, not a, not a frequently updated thing. I, it's totally, like... Mm. I don't know, and it's also I, I guess it is that fall off effect because I remember when um like Danny Brown made a like Spotify playlist and I was like holy crap I want to listen to Danny Brown's favorite music right oh heck yeah yeah and it's like I totally followed his playlist and I checked it out but like after a while I was like cool I'm just gonna go back to the playlist I was listening to like the one I made myself <laughs> yeah so it's it's a it's a give and take I don't know it's tough yeah I totally agree. It's definitely, it seems definitely much like finding your people. Yeah. Like finding just like the voices that like you can trust, I, I suppose, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we can yeah, think man. about that and ponder yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Something you mentioned was, uh, you know, with there, there's just so many games on Steam that it has become an issue. For indie creators and just creators in general to like actually stand out from that, and it is like to find new stuff is kind of a difficult aspect. Like publishers in the indie space are becoming more popular because like 
at least with like their help in marketing and maybe their name, you can get a, like stand out a little bit. But right. yeah, like it's totally a thing of like I found, I guess like quote unquote no name bands on Spotify, but like I, it's tougher to to do that on Steam unless like they're, they're doing it through a sale, which is like a totally like totally like built into. Um, launch and marketing for these smaller games because that's right. when you really move your copies and start getting word of mouth is like oh we're going to like be included in a humble bundle where you get the game for free and people are just like oh i'll just download it whatever or like they see it for like two bucks and they're like oh, i like the genre it's two bucks whatever i'll get it so that's like totally <laughs> a weird aspect too where it is like important to figure like i don't know if it's if it's a, a problem to figure out or it's just like an issue that, you know, it, it, it is based on a person, or is it's just like a matter. Well, you of- know what I think? I think there's a problem that games face that music doesn't in the same capacity. Where if you start if you start doing your own independent searching through to find like the killer app that you're like looking for, really just across any kind of software in general, and like you're looking for that underdog that doesn't have like the big publisher that to you know to to push it as an indie what you end up with is a lot of bloatware a lot of junkware a lot of flappy bird clones and it becomes very exhausting just a lot of off-brand hack server like like titles that were put together for either to suck money out of your pocket or whatever and music doesn't really have that like the junkware of music is like what kids bop, like <laughs> you know what I mean, like like compilations, which isn't bad. Compilations, good music. Your occasional weird guy in his bedroom who did a cover of "Since You've Been Gone," like that's all you get. And when is the last time people run into those things? You know what I mean. So I think in that way, there's sort of like an industry level um, treatment of software that does make it hard in that way. And typically when companies fall under fire for curation, that's what they shoot back with. They shoot back with, we're protecting you from all of these random companies that are just like making clones of like all the popular like money grabbing games, you know? Um, and as far as genre, what you mentioned, no, I totally agree with you. And your note on the sort of genre disparity or, or not really knowing how to label things, I think that's a big, big issue. Um, with games, as well as just like, I mean, try to go, go on the internet and try asking a nerd what a roguelike is, and you'll get 20 people arguing with each other and will not find an answer. You know <laughs> what I mean? Definition also, and it's the same way with me. I mean, it's the same attitudes that people had with music. I mean, even the term indie doesn't mean independent. You know what I mean? Like, I still can't tell the difference between grunge and post-grunge, and post-grunge and post-punk sound – just say the thing that happened in 2013. Like, I don't understand the difference between the, some of those things. Some of the distinctions are so granular. Uh, yeah. I, I've mentioned it before, but, like, people trying to explain what punk is and why they don't listen to something because it's not quote-unquote punk. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, just – All right. I am do- – yes, I am done with that <laughs> conversation, Dietrich. Exactly. Yeah. Or like, did you know Metallica's not metal? Metal is when you do. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Sweet. Got it. Great. Let me move on with my life. Right. <laughs> no, I – yeah. I totally get that. So it's an economical problem too. There is that. Mm. But cool. Definitely on my back end. Yeah. 
I'm glad we could uh, talk about this. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody is in, I'm genuinely curious to know um, for anybody who's listening, how they typically get recommendations for games, if they just kind of trust their group of friends, if they go online, if there's something they subscribe to on YouTube or maybe a particular site that they love. Um, so please feel free to reach out and let me know. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at Satchel Drakes. The spelling is in the uh, the description of the podcast. And I'm at uh, Matt Ryan Perez. And you can also ask about all the terrible bands I was in in high school. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys be good. Thanks. Coming up, Eric Kane and Paul Tassi talk about the crazy success of Fortnite's fourth season and how other game companies like Bungie could take note. But first, a quick break. And this year, the office cubicle turns 50 years old. It hails from an age when work was done on typewriters and smoking at your desk was the norm. Today, employees are expecting more from their workspace. They want flexible and active spaces where they can collaborate and feel energized. Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement to any workday. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, boost energy, and increase productivity. Veridesk has a variety of desk solutions that replace traditional office setups, require little to no assembly, and are ready to use in minutes. Plus, Veridesk products are made from commercial-grade materials meant to last a lifetime. They're easy to move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. You can try Veridesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns if you're not satisfied. See it for yourself at Veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I desk.com. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. Hi, I'm Eric Kane. And I'm Paul Tassi. We're going to talk about the biggest game in uh, the gaming world right now, Fortnite, which just has entered uh, season four. And it's been quite a, an event. I, I, it's it's kind of hard to think of another game's like new season being such a big event. Can you can you think of any other game that's had such a sort of huge not, monumental? Not really, <laughs> not to this degree. I mean, the only thing it, it somewhat reminds me of is is back in Pokemon Go's early days. But I think already it's it's kind of sustaining itself longer and like kind of it's continued like Pokemon Go kind of peaked after like two weeks almost like it still was a big game after that. But the like maximum hype level was after two weeks, whereas this has just kept growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And like maybe we're getting to a point where growth might start to be slowing because you're just running out of people <laughs> <laughs> to play it. But season four is definitely like the biggest you know, events of the game so far by by far. Like, I, I don't remember this being quite this extreme with the other rollovers. And I think that's in part by how they were kind of, you know, mysteriously promoting it with all the in-game stuff and, and keeping people guessing and everything. Well, I definitely don't think, like, Season 3 was as big of an event. I mean, I think it was a big deal, but they just weren't building... One thing they've done with se- in Season 3 is, you know, they, the introduction of the Comet and the Meteors and all these little clues leading up to the start of Season 4... And now already in season four, it feels like they're doing that right from the get go, even sooner than they did in season three. So we're already getting like uh, you wrote about that little the little uh, bunker hatch. The hatch. Yeah, it's the, the hatch from Lost. Literally um, from Lost. Maybe they'll have a desert monster skin. footprint. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the super villain base. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. It's it's really interesting. And I haven't had a lot of time to play it because I've, I've been traveling 
but um but what i've played i really enjoyed and you know it's still fundamentally the same game but you you start this next season out and it's and it's like enough stuff has changed and enough stuff is changing that it really it does manage to keep your interest in a way that's kind of surprising yeah and now it's even you know, it's always kind of changed week to week where they're adding weapons and items and stuff and patching things. But now even the map is changing week to week, which is kind of a new development because they, they used to kind of add things in huge chunks, which I mean, they're still doing and they still will do when the season rolls over. But they're they're definitely going to be building kind of up the map week to week. And I would not be surprised to see kind of a few more major areas by the time the season's over, yeah. which is a really interesting kind of turn that I wasn't expecting. Um, we also like... All of this came are these like prophecies that came true from this one like redditor leaker who is like surprisingly accurate. Like this guy named Internet Adam predicted the superhero theme, where the comet was hitting, and week to week map changes, and all of it has come true. So really, got to keep an eye on that dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to remember to do that. I it's... or he's gonna get served with like legal action, and <laughs> then we won't hear from him again. <laughs> or he's gonna lose his job at Epic, where he almost yeah. certainly works. You know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> It probably probably isn't really named Adam. One would hope. But, <laughs> yeah, that it, it it is that is definitely you know when you find someone with with really good spot on information like that, it's it's good to pay attention to them. Unless you want to be surprised by things, which is the sort of the, the flip side of the coin. You don't always want to know what's coming. It's kind of fun. That's not our job. Yeah, <laughs> our job is to take every is, yes. little morsel yeah. of information and turn it into fifty articles. Right, like with Westworld, you know, we we yep. can sit back and enjoy it as we have to. You know, peel back all the layers, and Fortnite does a good job of having you know for every, for a game with no story, really. You know, it. I mean, I know there's story in Save the World, but in, in Battle Royale, it really is just dropping onto a map and trying to kill everybody uh, and survive. Yeah, I wish they'd integrate it a little more because, like, what percent of Fortnite players are really playing Save the World? Like, I'd be amazed <laughs> if it was more than like three, four percent. Oh yeah, I, and I, I, I wish they'd kind of integrate more of the story elements into the Battle Royale mode, considering that's what like ninety eight percent of people are doing so <laughs> yeah well i mean so with some of these new um loading screens we're getting like you know a little a little more of the characters but what i would like to see is kind of what uh blizzard's done with overwatch at the very least which is some short films you know some like shorts with stuff going on i mean and that's what valve did with uh team fortress 2 as well you know we got just little kind of silly uh you know, vignettes or whatever and and that kind of helps flesh out these otherwise sort of well, flat characters yeah now i mean now they're they're actually introducing like actual characters like before it's like oh it's generic soldier guy yeah. and you know pilot girl and, and things like that but now it's like oh no this is carbide this is our superhero like this is omega this is our supervillain. and like if they're gonna keep doing stuff like that they might as well try and i mean maybe they haven't saved the world i i don't know but they might as well try and do kind of what you're saying with those type of characters if, if they're going to go all out and kind of be essentially creating named characters now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they've, they certainly are making enough money to spend a little money doing that, you know? Like, yeah. they, I don't know the exact numbers, but just, just judging by what we've heard of how much it's making on, you know, iPhone and iPads, it must be making just bundles and bundles of money across all these different platforms and there is i just feel like they've blown up so quickly that they probably don't even know like how to do everything <laughs> they should be doing all at once you know what i mean like they should have more merch they should have like probably even more skins and cosmetics than they do but they're just like keeping up you know what i mean <laughs> and, and surprisingly well i mean this is something 
that I cannot emphasize enough, but Epic Games is doing this all so very well. In, an, in, in the hands of a different company, this would be a totally different game. Uh, they, they just, you know, I mean, for instance, adding in Orange Justice as, uh, as a dance, you know, <laughs> yeah, like two weeks later. So, it's, that's a, so the backstory there is that they, they had a, a contest to, to get a fan dance added to the game and they added one that a lot of the community thought shouldn't have won. They thought this kid that was wearing an orange shirt and doing this goofy dance that he, that he should have won. And then lo and behold, with season four, that that's been added also. So it's just the, the, their ability to listen to the community and turn it around so quickly and add things and change things. And they, they don't always get it right, but they do it really well. And I think everybody, you just don't see much anger towards Epic that, that you see towards so many other companies like Bungie, for instance. Uh, <laughs> Which is another... Yeah, I mean, they're adaptable. Know. and they're, I mean, they're the polar opposite of Bungie specifically. Because, like, yes. Bungie will take, like, six months to address, <laughs> like, a very common issue, you know, in Destiny. Whereas Epic will turn it around in a couple of days or a week or, like, at worst, a month. And there's there's really just no comparison. But, like, even... I'd say even with, compared to, to PUBG, that's also made them stand apart. Oh, because yeah. Definitely. it Just no one can move like they move. And even though the stuff they're doing is pretty minor, like in so many other games, it takes just way longer. And like part of that is because they're working with their own, you know, baby engine, um, you know, Unreal. Mm -hmm. And they're able to just kind of master it and do all this stuff so fast. But that has been one of the, the biggest advantages and I think why they've been able to achieve this kind of stratospheric success. Yeah, and 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 they do it with, I just think, I think how, it, not just the speed at which it's handled, but it's just a very... They're very open about everything, you know. They're, they're, they they present and communicate what they're doing, what they're trying to do, very very clearly. Um, you don't get the sense that they're trying, you know. It's a free to play game where it is very expensive to keep up with the skins. Like, there's no doubt about it that that you could spend hundreds of dollars on this game just trying to keep up with the the, the cosmetics. But there's there's never this sense that they're just trying to nickel and dime players either. Like you you do get you know you get to play the game completely without without paying a, a single penny and then the the battle pass is really pretty affordable like and then you get all that those unlockables in the battle pass that's it really encourages playing rather than just paying and i think just combining all those factors that you have a very you, know, you have a fundamentally positive gaming experience it's a very upbeat experience everything down to the aesthetic of the game is upbeat and it makes you happy to play it <laughs> it's a happy experience it's it's not like any other game in that regard. I mean, I guess Overwatch was similar, but Overwatch had loot boxes, which are, are fundamentally kind of a icky gambling uh, practice, and that that kind of takes away from that a little bit. But I do, I do, I just love that that sort of positivity. Overwatch also got pretty toxic eventually. Yes. Like Overwatch was pretty good at first, but because of like the team yes. reliant nature, and if like one or two people aren't pulling their weight, it was you know this this travesty. Whereas Fortnite doesn't really have that because like if you're doing squads, you're probably doing them with your friends. And if you're not, you're probably doing solos. Then no one cares how you do. Right. So it's it, there's a lot less potential for toxicity there. And you're right. I mean, it's also the, the monetization thing where the battle pass just maybe comparatively, but it seems like one of the best deals in gaming now because, you know, it's essentially 10 bucks. And if you just play the game, you unlock a hundred items whereas like overwatch has these seasonal events where they also introduce a hundred new cosmetic items but 
it's it's a lot of RNG and it's a ton of grinding, probably probably even more than than Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And whereas Fortnite, you can also like you can buy your way through the battle pass. But what they've done in season four is something I think is really interesting, where they've they've altered it so at least with the carbide and omega skins, you also have to grind to fully unlock all the different components of the skins. Right. So it's not like people can just buy John Wick and then, you know, it's just like it's something for the whales, essentially. And no one can tell whether or not you were a whale or whether you actually, you know, trucked it to tier 100. So that I thought was a genius kind of twist on the battle pass idea. And it shows it's it's just kind of getting better and better in time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I thought that was a great, a great addition to to the whole scheme. I, it, the one thing I wonder is, you know, so we're in season four and in 10 weeks, season five will start like it's kind of a relentless pace are they going to are they really going to do seasons back to back without a day's break you know that's another thing you don't really see in all games a lot of times you have like a season and then there's almost like some some time in between and then the next season starts i think players just i think players always want to be like working towards something so if there was a break in this it would feel kind of weird because it's like well what am i even doing (laughs) like i'm not if i'm not trying to get tiers or complete challenges like that kind of is, you know, and, and, you know, we're well-versed in how interested people are in these challenges. So I think if they like took those out and there was nothing for like a month or a couple of weeks, then the game would kind of lose some steam. What, the modification I think they could make is like, if it's kind of this relentless pace where people are just exhausted from grinding, I think they could maybe dial back maybe what it takes to get to tier 100 or something. Like if they could kind of nerf, <laughs> nerf yeah. the grind a little bit, just so it's not like kind of backbreaking. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have not personally gotten to like tier 100. I don't play that much. So I don't know what exactly goes into that. But that to me would be a more logical solution than taking actual breaks because I think the game would, would lose a lot if it just kind of went on, went on hiatus for a little while. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I guess, you know, the Battle Pass is what, $10, right? Mm-hmm. About $10, yeah, $10 if you just buy the basic Battle Pass. So that's a dollar a week to play this game basically. So if you want to play this game and get the battle pass throughout the year, you're you're spending about $50, $52 or so a year just on the battle pass. Yeah, not which counting is, any other skins you buy or anything. <laughs> which you know, so it's free to play, but you know, if you're going to play the game and get the most out of it, you're going to spend about 50 bucks a year, which is really still an amazingly good deal. It's not I mean, bad. I mean, if and if you're putting hundreds of hours into it, I mean, yeah. that's not at all a bad deal cuz when you think about, you know, most other games cost 60 bucks by themselves, you know, see of thieves over here with this <laughs> $60 asking price. It, it seems quite good by comparison, but oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm wondering if more games are going to start doing this and like, it's almost reverting a little bit back to like the subscription mm-hmm. MMO model, which is weird, but like, it's not like a twist. monthly fee, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's a kind of a spin on that. And this is, this is genuinely like the first kind of new, newish type of microtransaction where I have not, seen people complain about it and like it's it's almost unprecedented to say that like someone doesn't have some kind of major problem with the microtransaction model in this day and age but of all of them i have seen people complain the least about fortnite so i think other companies are going to want to learn from that yeah and so you know we always talk about how you know the battle royale is popular now and everyone's going to be copying battle royale but really this this model of free to play is just as important i think in that it, it does kind of merge that the old subscription model, but with a with a new, with a 
the ability to, you know, you don't have to get every battle pass. If you're not going to be playing, you can just not get that battle pass. Or or you could just, and you can still just ju- jump in whenever you want. It's not like... Yeah, you can buy it later like and catch up instantly. So right, Exactly. And it's, it's like... Uh, your it's not like your subscription ends and you can't log into the game. You can still play the game. Like if if you get that, you know, if you get a couple hours to play and you want to play, you don't have to have that battle pass. And right. and then the fact that not only is it a you, you, there's just always something to work towards, and you're always getting rewards of some kind. It's just quite it's it's quite ingenious, really. <laughs> I really I, I I would not be surprised if we see that coming coming to play in, in more games. Yeah, I think that could work on across a variety of games, um, whether it's Call of Duty or Dust. I've talked about it for Destiny before. Mm-hmm. And how would that work it, in Destiny? So th- it's interesting. So like this new DLC launch, and like Destiny is like kind of starting to maybe do things in that direction, where they they have this thing called like a prismatic matrix now, and it's like part of the Eververse store. And each week you can earn like a token and it will guarantee you like a specific item from like a very small pool of 10 for that week from the Eververse store. And there's no duplicates. So it's like a very convoluted (laughs) kind of version of the battle pass with like a smaller pool of items. So you can kind of see them starting to learn their lessons and push in that direction. But with that said, this is still a game that costs 60 bucks, has $20 DLC and is still selling loot box engrams, even if they have this new thing. So <laughs> yeah, not quite all the way there, but you can kind of see things trending in that direction. And I, I definitely think, I mean, you just don't hear about games, new games announcing they have loot boxes these days, like not in 2018. Like no, you just, no. that is, if you hear anything, smaller. you hear that they're taking them out of the game. So if those are coming out, I think it's going to be replaced with something like this or just flat out, pay for this cosmetic like assassin's creed origin style like just this cost this yeah. and you can buy it um well, because of victory, all the backlash we saw last year no it is a victory it's, it's, it's a very it's clear amazing. victory for for gamers and that's you don't really see clear-cut victories to that degree before and you know a lot of games still have loot boxes and they're they're not all being stripped away in this and that but the games you see that have them are getting a lot more kind of generous or focused with them. And the games that don't are not adding them because it's kind of PR suicide at this point to do that. Yeah. So and you know, in, in the background of all of this is kind of potential looming legislation where <laughs> in at least a couple of regions, there's already being rulings against kind of loot box mechanics. And I don't think you want to build your entire game around a monetization model that could be ruled illegal at any given moment so i think that's also played into it yeah they, f- they flew a little close to the sun and, and now they're backpedaling and that's good thanks ea <laughs> yes you did it you saved it ea is always at the center of these things this is like the mass retake mass effect all over again yep <laughs> um yeah it's it is so so with destiny you know and, you know it's it's supposed to be this big living world but uh Nothing really changes. You, you sort of are constantly repeating the same levels. In the, it, it's in this new DLC, two of the strikes are just mission levels that are repeated, right? Inclu- yeah, including the final like story boss fight against like the main yeah. boss. Like, oh, it's, it's also a strike. Like, here you go. Like, what? <laughs> it's so it's so puzzling to me, you know, because you you'd think that there's this, you know. So, for instance, Fortnite is able to change this one. It's just one map. We're playing on one map over and over again, right? But what they're doing is they're making changes to the map that keep us interested and engaged with this one single map. Now you look at Destiny, they've got, you know, several different 
several different big zones, you know, in different worlds and stuff. But there's not really I, – I guess I don't feel like it's very dynamic. You're just always sort of doing the same thing over and over again. And the world isn't changing in interesting ways as as new content comes out. That seems weird it's, to me. Yeah, it's not. And it used to be a little more like back in year one when like, okay, House of Wolves was going to come out. Then they added an event in-game where it's like, oh, like these packs of of new fallen are roaming around and like can, you can get some some prizes for them you know, for hunting them before the DLC comes out. But then they never really did much yeah. <laughs> like that again. And they don't, like, if they add things, it's like, oh, it's Christmas in the tower. Like, it's the Festival of Lights or whatever they call it. Like, <laughs> it's it's not things that really dynamically change the map all that much. They did something cool, I would say, when they, they kind of blanketed everything in snow uh, for that one event. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of neat. But you're right in the sense that, like, there is no... Like for this, there should have been there's the new bad guy in this is like this big hive worm god. Like I would have loved to have seen in the lead up to this, like every week there's a patch and like, oh, what's like there's this weird tunnel here, or, like there's this exactly. huge slash on the wall. Like things like that that are teasing what's coming in game and mm-hmm. not just like here's a bungee reveals like Twitch stream, you know, that's just kind of spelling everything out. Yeah, and exactly. Keep players engaged with a dynamic world, which is what destiny kind of i always felt like it was sort of pro- the promise of destiny was this sort of living in, uh, immersive world and, that, and that it, have, it could be know. something as simple as like moving npcs around like oh like kate is suddenly right. you know on earth now and like he's got some new stuff to say like it's it doesn't even have to be like the, when you think about it the stuff that Fortnite added was incredibly minor it was like the comet which slowly just got bigger and then they put some like telescopes on the map, and then the final week they were like actually tucking meteors at the ground. But like that, yeah. that was pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> but it's just and, perfect because it's this yeah, it, it of didn't take much clues and tidbits, and people people want <clears throat> people don't want to just be told what's happening. They lo- I mean, this is the internet, right? People love to to guess, they love to discuss, they like to argue and theorize, and and you know have injured images with circles on them and, and, you know, <laughs> red like, arrows, pointing red, at yeah, them. all that stuff, videos, conspiracies, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, with a game like destiny, it seems like, yes, this would be such an easy way to keep players engaged outside of just this repetitive grind that really kind of defines what destiny is. And well, yeah, that's like something you would think like the quote unquote live team, like the live team mm-hmm. does like these kind of specific events. But again, like when those come, it's like, how many engrams can we sell? Like, that's like yeah. the point of the event. It's not like engaging players really. And I don't know, like switching to the microtransaction model for that. Like I would, I think destiny could get away with its own battle pass where like they stop charging for DLC and like they add new content to the game, but then they, you know, have a hundred new items that they add that you get. If you just play the DLC content, and, you know, they could even charge a little bit more than maybe Fortnite is even. But in the end, it would probably add up to a similar amount if it's 50, 60 bucks over the course of a year. Yeah. But it wouldn't be focused on engrams or like getting people to sell to shell out these giant lump sums for like a $40 expansion or a $20 DLC. Like that just seems really antiquated at this point. And like if people were disappointed with Destiny 2, they're really not going to be app to shell out 20 bucks for this but like if they just added this to the game for free and then had a bunch of cosmetic items you could pay like 10 bucks for over the course of like the next three months i think they'd hook a lot more people but now mm-hmm. you just have a bunch of people that have kind of sworn off the game and won't come back because they're being charged 20 dollars to do so 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I just think looking at these two games side by side is really interesting. I mean, it, it, it's on, on, the, on the one hand, it's not really fair because they're such different games and and Destiny has so many more moving pieces. It's definitely a much harder game to to update. And, you know, there's there's so many more areas and and there's enemy types, there's PVE, PVP. But at a, just at a sort of philosophical level, <clears throat> I think I think that makes absolutely the most sense. I don't see that ever happening, honestly, but who knows? You know, I, I think it's more likely we get like they, a, might, they might not legally even be allowed to do that with the contract they have with right. Activision. Like, I don't even know if they could change the model that drastically because I think they do have to have something that's like 40 to 60 bucks every fall, like or else. Yeah. <laughs> so it might not be in the cards for them. And the other thing I, I do have to give them credit for is like it is certainly a lot easier for Epic to like quickly and 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 modify their game in small ways, whereas I think with destiny and their toolkit and like i mean the fact that that is that is like a triple a game it's not like a cartoony battle royale thing it's adding new stuff to that would be a lot more work (laughs) than it is for epic so i i will concede that point i still think they should be trying to do it but i i get that it's technically a lot harder for them to do so well fundamentally i think the problem is that you know we're talking about a game that's that's already released that obviously just released with a lot of problems um, because it, it you know, as we've talked about in the past, it it just threw the baby out with the bathwater when it came to the original Destiny. You know, all, all the old zones, a lot of the good changes, just so much of that game was, was tossed out that what we were left with was something that just had to play catch up and it's been playing catch up ever since. And yeah, that's not that's not easy. I, I really think that if nothing else, they need to learn that they can't just they can't. What they need to do is build on their universe, not continue to start from square one, yeah, replacing yeah. things. And, yeah, <laughs> like that's you know, I mean, just like I, I, I and and yeah, like Fortnite. It's way easier for for Epic to add little tiny changes to that game. It's one map. It's you know, it's just such a different different experience, but. You know, it's from just like looking at a a game being developed and evolving over time, they're making a lot of the right choices. And that's just something we're not seeing with Destiny. It's something we're not seeing with PUBG either. I know PUBG is is trying, but it's just, you know, over the past few months, I've really come to look at PUBG and think, what a boring looking game this is. You know, it's like so generic. Uh, yeah, and like it worked when it was the only game around, but it doesn't really work now, especially when it's continually stacked up to Fortnite. And yeah. like they're they're going a different direction. Like they still have loot boxes. They're doing like new maps like all the time. Like which Fortnite is doing the opposite of that. So, but I I, I just don't know if that direction is going to pan out for them in the long run. I mean, I guess we'll see. But <laughs> well, it's striking just how distinct and recognizable Fortnite is. And then you look at PUBG, and it's like you know generic military shooter in the extreme like i think that they i don't know i don't know what they should do at this point but i mean it had some personality at the beginning with its like frying pans and it's had some goofier costumes but it just i don't know it it fell by the wayside and i feel like it's always going to be dota to fortnite's league now and like (laughs) maybe even maybe even not as high profile as dota honestly so (laughs) well Well, i mean we'll see yeah, I mean, and then, you know, they, they've filed lawsuits for other games using frying pans, so that kind of leaves that bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, they're very dis- they're very distracted with their own, like, everyone copied us, and it's like, yeah, bro, it's like how the industry works, and yeah, you <laughs> can't copyright, a, like, a concept of a game, right. so right. Get <laughs> just got to adapt. 
I mean, yeah, it's like way to squander your goodwill. But yeah. And again, there we go. There we go back to the Fortnite thing where Fortnite is an ultimately just positive experience, whereas you know, something like PUBG, there's a lot of negativity around it. Yeah. Destiny, everybody just everybody loves it. Epic. And like it's so weird that like Epic is like the Gears of War. Like I can't even connect them with like <laughs> Gears of War at this because I mean granted it's not really the same Epic anymore, but yeah, no you know, and even before this, a couple of months ago, they had all these kind of random games that just no one was really into, like Paragon and like, mm-hmm. I mean, the original concept of Fortnite where it's like, oh, it's a defense game against zombies or something. I don't know, like whatever, like <laughs> no one was really that into the idea when it first came out. And just, I don't know, that transformation has been oh, stunning. Yeah. To say well, the least. I guess, you know, you, you dig long enough, you strike gold eventually. And boy, did they ever. <laughs> In one out of like a million cases, but yes, they did. Well, um, I think we'll wrap this up. I know you're you're about to move to a new. Yes, new I'm literally. City. If you could see me right now, I'm surrounded by like a fortress of boxes in my office. <laughs> it's moving is such a pain. Taller than me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then I'm I'm suffering from a cold, which has has left me a little. Um, uh, yeah, just you sound behind. okay though. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell just by listening to you. No, it's it's mostly my brain's just not keeping up with okay, it. Well, it's not not great. <laughs> well, good luck with your move. Um, Thank when, you. when do you actually actually leave? For, um, moving day is Monday, so yeah. I'll have to haul my mic somewhere and get set up quickly by next <laughs> Wednesday or so. Yeah. Well, good luck, uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you. That's it for this episode of A World. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Perez. And I'm Satchel Drakes. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please reach us at overworld at podcast1. That's O-N-E dot com. And also you can reach us on Twitter. My handle is at Satchel Drakes. That's Satchel like a bag with an extra L. And mine is Matt Ryan Perez. Thanks for listening. Take care. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.